the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now, the disciples might well have had their faith shattered if this betrayal had taken place entirely by surprise. But Jesus' prediction and explanation of the event altered all of that. For on reflection, they would see his mastery of the situation, that what took place was just as it had been foretold. That's Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and this is Study Verse by Verse. Pastor Sheely is taking us uh, through an in-depth look at the 13th chapter of the book of John. If you'd like to turn there, you can follow along with us. And he's going to start on this particular broadcast, not in the book of John, but in the book of Psalms. Just a quick reference to Psalm 41. Now, the context of Psalm 41 is in the aftermath of an unsuccessful coup against King David by his son Absalom, who was assisted by King David's dear and trusted friend, Ahithophel. Ahithophel was a close companion of David, betrayed David, and then later went to hang himself. Judas was a close companion of Jesus, betrayed Jesus, and later went to hang himself. Both Psalms 41 and 55 describe David's experience, but they also point forward to the Messiah's betrayal. Now, many commentators understand the phrase lifted up his heel to be a metaphor that was derived from the lifting of a horse's hoof just prior to kicking And some of the commentators suggest that lifting up the heel describes the position of someone who has defeated an enemy, an opponent, and the enemy or the opponent lies prostrate and helpless before them. And the sign of lifting the heel is that it will shortly come down and break the person's neck. It was an especially treacherous thing to do after eating at someone's table. To show the bottom of someone's foot was to mark contempt and to threaten violence. And it was especially treacherous after eating with somebody's table because eating with a superior was a pledge of loyalty to that person. And for one who had eaten at someone's table to turn against that person was a bitter thing. But that's why the psalmist wrote in 55, It is not an enemy who taunts me, Then I could bear it. It is not an adversary who deals insolently with me. Then I could hide from him. But it is you, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. We used to hold sweet conversation together. Within God's house we walked in fellowship. Psalm 55. Thus long before Judas was born, his duplicity was foreseen and designed into God's eternal plan. Judas was no robot. He chose to do what he did freely. 
and he was fully accountable for his actions. Jesus made that clear in Luke 22, 22, when he said, For indeed the Son of Man is going as it has been determined. That describes God's sovereignty. As it has been determined. But woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. Indicating Judas' responsibility. Judas had every opportunity to turn from his sin. He listened to the preaching of Jesus for three years. Jesus preaching against the love of money and greed and pride. He'd, he'd heard Jesus say, did I myself not choose you, the twelve, and yet one of you is a devil. Knowing that Jesus knew that a traitor was among him. And hearing the, faith, the fearful judgment that awaited his betrayer. Woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. But all of that did not move Judas. He hardened his heart and he refused to repent. Verse 19. I'm telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me. And whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. And after saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. As previously noted, Jesus wanted to make sure that Judas' betrayal would not shake the faith of the other disciples. The word he in the phrase, you might believe that I am he, does not appear in the original language. More accurately, Jesus said that you might believe that I am I am is a name by which God identified himself to Moses. And so here, as in many other previous occasions, Jesus claimed to be God. And by the way, I am who I am means I am the one who has always existed, the eternally existing one. Now, at first glance, Jesus' statement, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me, might appear to be out of context. But upon further consideration, the connection becomes evident. You see, the disciples might think that if the Lord was betrayed to his death, that would end their commission and assignment as his apostles. But by the Lord dropping this statement into the middle of references to Judas, he reassured his 11 apostles that Judas' treachery would not nullify their commission that he was going to send them as his representatives into the world. So then, thus having prepared his disciples by reassuring them that they would continue to be his representatives, Jesus became troubled in spirit. The word is terasso, and it means, it describes a severe turmoil. Well, what kind of things must have created turmoil for Jesus? Well, perhaps... The unreciprocated love that he extended towards Judas. Or the ingratitude that Judas had for all of the kindnesses that Jesus had shown him over the many years. Perhaps it was the venomous presence of Satan who would shortly possess Judas. Or the fearful fate that awaited Judas in hell. Or the knowledge that what Judas was about to do would lead to Calvary's cross. 
There are many things that might have stirred this turmoil. Verse 22. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he spoke. One of the disciples whom Jesus loved was reclining at the table at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. So that disciple, leaning back against Jesus, said to him, Lord, who is it? Now they were alone, the twelve in the room with Jesus. And so now they knew that one of them, one of the twelve, would do the unthinkable and betray him. But a tribute to the effectiveness of Judas' hypocrisy is that no one suspected him. The disciples began looking at one another. Now, since the disciples had no clue as to who the betrayer might be, Peter took the initiative to find out. But he didn't ask Jesus directly. Instead, he gestured or motioned to the disciple who was reclining on Jesus' bosom, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, this is the first time in this gospel the disciple whom Jesus loved is introduced. This is measured, it's mentioned again at the cross in chapter 19, at the tomb in chapter 20, and at the Sea of Tiberias when Jesus had appeared to seven of his disciples in chapter 21. It's also again in chapter 21 to ascribe the authority and the source of this gospel to him. The disciple whom Jesus loved was John, who never names himself in his gospel. In fact, if you read the Gospels, you find out that the authors of the Gospels don't bring attention to themselves at all. Because they realize it's not about them. It's about Jesus. And when we tell our stories, we should be reminded it's not about us. It's about Jesus. Now, when we think of the Last Supper, the picture that probably comes to our mind is the famous picture by Leonardo da Vinci. But actually, Jesus and his disciples would have been celebrating that occasion, probably based on a Middle Eastern rather than Western dining custom. The usual arrangement for a formal meal was to have a series of couches, we would probably call them mats, on the floor, arranged in a U-shape around a table. The guests would recline on the floor on the mats with their heads towards the table and their feet stretched out away from it. They would lay on their left side and use their left elbow to hold their head up and their upper torso, and they would, that would keep their right hand free to secure food. The host would be reclining in the center couch of the U, and that couch would be designed for three people. The place of honor was to the left of the host, and the second place was to the right. And it was the person to the right who would have merely had to lean on the shoulder, on the elbow, to touch his head against the breast of the host. And so, in all probability, the disciple whom Jesus loved, John, must have been to the right of Jesus. Verse 26, Jesus answered, It is, it is he to whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. And so when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas the son of Simon Iscariot. Then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, What you are going to do, do quickly. 
Now, no one at the table knew why he said this to him. Some thought that because Judas had the money bag, he was the treasurer of the group, Jesus was telling him, buy what we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel of bread, he immediately went out, and it was night. Judas must have been the perfect actor and the perfect hypocrite. If the other disciples had known who he was and what he was about, he would have probably never left that room alive or in one piece. But verses 28 and 29 explain why the other disciples did not understand the real reason for Judas' departure. And Pastor Leighton Sheely will pick up there on the next edition of Study Verse by Verse, and we'll probably hear the conclusion of this 13th chapter in our study on that broadcast. I hope you can join us. We're on the web at studyversebyverse.com. You can listen to past broadcasts there, and you can find out more about the church on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. By the way, if you'd like more in-depth study into the Word of God, check out the details about the Highlands Institute. Again, that's on the web at highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Have a great rest of your day and join us tomorrow when we'll once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.